In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. The Beatitudes in the Gospel today can be a bit confusing. They proclaim people to be blessed or happy whose condition is not blessed or happy. How can we say that the mourners and the meek are blessed when they seem to be getting their butts kicked? The answer is given in the epistle lesson, which shows their blessed state. It tells us, they shall neither hunger anymore, nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb, who is in the midst of the throne, will shepherd them and will lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This illustrates that blessedness is a matter of perspective. Some who seem to be blessed from the perspective of the current moment are not seen to be blessed when their condition is viewed in the light of eternity. Take, for example, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus in Luke chapter 16. No one who walked by the rich man's gate called Lazarus particularly blessed. However, from the perspective of Abraham's bosom later on in the parable, indeed, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's important to note that Jesus is not saying that conditions like mourning or persecution are blessed in and of themselves. Rather, Jesus is saying that the outward conditions the temporal conditions of need, turn us toward God. They create a state of prayerful dependence upon God that leads to God's blessing and God's vindication. They lead to a blessed result. It's not a counsel for masochism. These blessings and this vindication are not only in the future. We live in God's presence right now through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. As the epistle to the Ephesians says in chapter two, verses four through six, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are seated in the heavenly places in Christ right now. And it is this status that we come to remember and participate in most clearly when we gather around the altar in the Eucharist. The challenge of the Christian life is that despite our exalted state, we are tempted to become preoccupied in the course of life with the merely merely temporal and the merely physical concerns of life. We are tempted to take our eyes off of Jesus and drift away from God. Thus, we are blessed when temporal circumstances of trial and misfortune remind us of our spiritual poverty and lead us back to Christ. Today is All Saints Day. A saint is literally a holy one. Saint and holy are essentially synonymous words. We are holy because God has given us his Holy Spirit. 
we become holy as the Holy Spirit works within us to make us holy through our trials. All Saints Day celebrates the unknown saints, those saints who don't have a day set aside on the calendar, but who nonetheless have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. However, the distinction between saints and other Christians is ultimately a false distinction. The saints may be ahead of us on the pathway, but we are called to be holy just like them. As Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The unfortunate truth is that holiness is produced within us more often through our trials than through our prosperity and our success. To embrace our vocation to holiness, we must learn to seek God in our trials. When we face trials, we tend to pray primarily for physical or temporal relief. And it is okay to pray for these things because we live in a temporal world and have real needs. However, we grow in spiritual maturity as we learn to focus equally as much on what God is doing within us through the trials. When we face trials, we grow in spiritual maturity as we learn to ask different kinds of questions. How is the mourning I'm experiencing leading me to experience God's comfort more profoundly? How is my experience of spiritual poverty leading me to a greater experience of God's kingdom? The Christian life in this world is a mixture of trials and good things. The important point in the pursuit of holiness is to remember that both are temporal. Both point toward the place where faithfulness through trial will receive its full reward and where temporal blessing gives way to eternal reward. As the epistle said, they shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.